Okay, let's just pray for Dan. Thank you, Lord, for Dan. Thank you for his heart and for the way that um, he is pursuing you. Thank you for all that you're doing in his life. And we pray now, Lord, that you would speak through him. Bring your words through him to us, Lord, and help us again to hear what you want to say. Amen. I've got my best uh, Anglican teacher uh, on today, Rowan Williams. Um, when Mike asked me to uh, give me the talk, uh, one of the talks this morning, uh, my initial thought was to say, don't be daft. I've had a degenerative neurological disease for the last 17 years, uh, and uh, the last few years I started getting panic attacks as well. Um, so what on earth could I possibly say about the resurrection life? And it is easy to think that the resurrected life means things like being healed now, having uninterrupted communion with God, having every prayer answered after just one prayer, uh, seeing non-believers fall to their knees in repentance after just one uh, conversation with us, never needing to struggle or wait. But our th- thoughts and feelings and what we see tell us that's frequently not true with us. We're not always quickly healed or delivered from any prison that we find ourselves in, and God often feels nowhere. However, our thoughts and feelings and sight can be deceptive, and what they tell us is not always true. It's not always reality. But when we get too focused on them or believe them, we can begin to easily begin to doubt God, get depressed or discouraged, and then look to other things other than God to give us the healing, comfort, or breakthrough or provision that we want or need. A similar thing happened at the fall. Adam and Eve began to doubt God's word to them after the snake questioned what God had said to them. They began to that they began to doubt God's uh, goodness and kindness towards them after the snake said that um, God was keeping from them the knowledge of good and evil, implying that God was somehow being unfair to them. And then when they saw that the apple looked good, they began to trust their own sight, what they could see. And then they disobeyed and they died. And we can do the similar kind of thing uh, ourselves. You know, when we follow that pattern, we too can die yeah instead of living the resurrection life so what does that kind of life look like when we're in the not yet when we're not when you know when we're facing our daily struggles when we're not healed or delivered our prayers aren't answered and we feel far from god peter says that uh, in one of his letters that the resurrection of jesus uh, from death means that we've been given new birth into a living hope so an important thing is hope of course, when the Bible talks about hope, it doesn't mean well-wishing, uh, like hoping, as I'm sure you will do, that Pompey get promoted, uh, promoted this season. Um, it's better translated as expectation. But how do we have that hope, that, like an expectant hope like that, when everything around us seems hopeless? There are a couple of things that the Bible says help build our hope. One thing is to persevere when we face, uh, when we face suffering and difficulty. Paul said that he gloried in his sufferings because they build perseverance, which builds character, which builds hope. And if you want to know uh, how to be a kind of person who perseveres, the, uh, there's one simple answer. You just persevere. There's no shortcut. You just persevere. Hope also comes from our faith. 
uh, as it says in Hebrews, faith is a substance of the things we hope for. The word that's translated as substance uh, means it's like the underlying reality. The, it's a solid foundation, a guarantee. And we can build hope when we've got faith like that. And faith, of course, as we all know, comes from hearing the word of God. What God tells us about who he is, who we are in him, what he has done for us and will do for us, and how we're called to live now in light of all of that. It's God's word that tells us what true reality is, even if it doesn't seem like it. So we have to make the decision to trust God, even if everything that our feelings and our sight and the world tell us is that God's word is untrue and unreliable. It's like Paul says in his first letter to Corinthians, we must hold firmly to the word. And then as we keep making that decision, we wait. We wait in expectant hope. As a practical example, I started again a panic attack a few years ago, like I say. Anyone who's had them uh, knows how horrible and uh, how real they feel. Um, and I can still have times when anxiety is battering me, uh, like right now, in fact. Um, and it typically doesn't go the instant I pray or try to resist it or proclaim God's truth. I'd love it if God did take it away instantly. But instead, what he's been teaching me recently is to disbelieve what the anxiety says and to simply trust what his word says instead. Uh, yeah, even when there's no evidence to support it. It's easy to believe when we see the instant salvation that we want, but it's so much harder when nothing changes. Rather than giving to panic then, when I don't see God rescue me immediately, I'm finally starting to learn to trust his word and wait. It's like David wrote in Psalm 27, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, so I wait for him. So when I need to go out then and I'm feeling anxious, my challenge is to take to the cross those feelings and thoughts that are urging me to hide, and, but still go because God said he'll be with me, even if I don't feel his presence. Which is tough, um, but of course dying isn't easy. And it's even tougher to say that maybe something that I consider to be bad will happen, but it'll be okay in the end, because in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He never said, don't worry, because he'll prevent anything unpleasant happening to you. He says, don't worry, because he is with us and will give us the strength uh, to do his work for his kingdom. Because really, the main reason we're here is to serve him and glorify him. It's not simply for us to have a nice life. He, doesn't say, he does say he'll meet all in our needs when we seek him. But I don't think the main point of resurrection is for us to have a, an easy, comfortable life, free from any struggles. It means God gets the glory. As we begin to get that, trusting him and believing him, even when everything else says no, and trusting the power of the same spirit who, works, who raised Jesus from the dead to work in us and through us, then I think we'll be living a lie of the resurrection and living an increasingly fruitful life. Let's just pause for a moment again and allow God to keep speaking.